0: Hey there, everyone. Happy Wednesday. We're coming at you on a little bit of a different day this week because we are officially just one day out from the start of the regular 2021 NFL season where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so excitement is building and of course some of you still have some last minute drafts whether they're today or whether they're tomorrow. So we wanted to go through some of the divisions we haven't had a chance to cover yet and go through some of the sleepers that you need to know about and that you could kind of get away with drafting late. So I'm Jessica Pash, Chris Os here and we're going to break it all down for you. Chris, how are you feeling this morning?
1: I'm doing great. I'm excited for football tomorrow. We got a great slate this week. Went really fast, and I'm just glad to be done drafting. What about you?
0: Yes, I was also glad to be done drafting. I had a couple more offers to join other leagues, and I said no. I am good. I am done. So we have a lot to look forward to. So let's kick it off. We covered a couple divisions here in the AFC, but. We did not yet get to the AFC North and the AFC South. So I figured we'll start off here with the AFC South because there's really not a whole lot to like here between the Texans and the Jaguars and the Colts. I mean, uh, I am not a fan, but I know you've been able to pick out a couple of guys here that people can grab late in drafts. So who are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, definitely. As far as the AFC South goes, I really like the schedule at the beginning of the season for Ryan Tannehill. So if you're going to go with weight on quarterback approach, if you want to pair him or bridge him with like a Fields or a Trey Lance, Tannehill really matches up well. If you go to week one this upcoming week, it's probably going to be a shootout. Their game total is over 52 points versus the Cardinals. So obviously we know the Titans love Derrick Henry. But Tannehill might be forced to throw the ball more because of just how bad of the secondary that the Cardinals have, as we've covered previously. And it's not like Tennessee has a great defense themselves. What do you think about that?
0: I know. I think that's a really good option. And I've heard a lot of chat also about that game in particular. I mean, there's a lot of value on that game. So you could start off with a great fantasy production from. Your QB in week one, if you do grab a guy like Tannehill, is there anything to make of the Colts?
1: Yes. While we were a little low on Jonathan Taylor, I found myself lately in drafts and like the last few rounds, and especially in full-point PPR leagues, Naheem Hines has a lot of good value to him. As we discussed, the Colts' schedule is really hard through the first eight weeks, so that could put them in more more trailing situations. So I think Hines is someone that
0: people kind of forget about, but he has a lot of value. Yeah, but aside from that, I'm sure there's not a whole lot to go after with the Colts. Maybe the Pittman, Jaguars. Maybe <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I know that there's some value here with the Jaguars with someone who I've actually been targeting a good bit in dress, which is Lavishka Chennault. How do you feel about him?
1: I like LaVishka Shenault. I had him last year. He was in like kind of a part-time role. He caught like 73% of his uh, targets last season, and he he was getting them from Gardner Minshew and and Luton, who aren't the most accurate quarterbacks, and he caught five touchdown passes last year. So the sky's the limit for him if Trevor Lawrence could live up to the hype. That week one game is kind of gross, though, against the Texans. It might be a dud, Mm -hmm. but it could shoot out. You never know.
0: Yeah, I think that I've heard also a lot about how Trevor Lawrence and him have really connected. So maybe he's going to be his number one option. But, you know, that also is just based on whether Trevor Lawrence, as you said, is going to live up to his hype and is going to be as good as he has been projected to be. So that is a wait and see approach. But maybe you want to throw a flyer there on him. The Texans, ugh, the dumpster fire that is there. Tyra Taylor is starting week one. Nico Collins, maybe as a dart here for a wide receiver from the Texans. What do you think?
1: You know, he's got really great speed for his height and he's a great downfield threat. I know some people would probably take Brandon Cooks. I really, I don't have any interest on anyone on this team. Let somebody else in your league draft someone on the Texans. That's That's my guess. <laughs>
0: Yes, and uh, you've seen it, especially in fourteen-man leagues. You've seen people take like David Johnson and guys like Brandon Cooks, and and just sitting there wondering what in the world they're doing. But I'm glad that I don't have to have the option of taking those guys. But so off to the AFC North we go. There are some juicy teams here. Now, there's a lot going on with the Ravens. Of course, we heard about all the injuries that they had to their running backs. They've now signed Le'Veon Bell, so we'll see what happens there. But any sleepers that you like here for the Ravens?
1: I trust the Ravens as an organization, and they brought – yes, that is true. They brought in Le'Veon Bell this week. I will monitor where Latavius Murray goes because that could really cap – the upside of guys like Gus Edwards, but one player that I really wanted to touch upon was Tyson Williams. He was awesome in the preseason. If you've been following that and you know, the Ravens are a really small organization. They've run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. The past three seasons, they passed at the fewest rate the past two seasons. I don't really see that changing. I don't really believe them when they say that they're going to throw the ball more. So he's definitely someone to watch out for. He started, You know, when we were doing drafts the past two weeks going very late and now he's starting to rise up draft board. So if you have a draft today or tomorrow, you might have to reach for him a little bit, but it might be worth it. If if he gets that role that we talked about, the J.K. Dobbins role, you never know. It's sometimes it's just opportunity more than talent.
0: Yes. And I think that I agree with you there on the fact that I don't see the Ravens passing more this year, even though they did go out and get. Rashad Bateman, of course, he's injured and we still don't really have an exact return date on him. And all the other wide receivers are injured, so there's just, they have to go to the run game. I feel bad for the Ravens this season. They're so injured on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see how things go down there. When it comes to the Browns, you highlighted one guy here, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why do you think he's a sleeper here?
1: I just think the Browns are one of the best teams in the NFL. If you remove the name Cleveland Browns and you just looked at their roster, you would say, wow, they're up there with the Bucs, the Chiefs, the Bills. It's just that they haven't really done it before, even though they won a playoff game last season. They cut Hodge. He worked his way all the way to the number three wide receiver on the depth chart. He has electric speed dating back to his Michigan days. And if you watch him in the preseason, he's been killing it. Uh, Last year, he had kind of a slow roll just because the Browns didn't really use that deep field shot. But when OBJ got injured, he took over and he did really well for a rookie. So I think that um, if you believe in OBJ, he's a great handcuff for him. Not that that's a popular wide receiver strategy. But if you don't believe in OBJ and you think that he could take over, OBJ and Landry are both free agents. Well, they're not free agents. They're under contract, but they're not guaranteed after this season. Donovan Peoples-Jones could be the number one wide receiver next year if you play in a keeper league. So he's definitely someone in deeper leagues to monitor because he could have a huge role this year.
0: Important information there. It's always important for, I think, everyone to know what the current situation is for these players going into the year with regards to whether it's a contract year for them, whether they're going to be free agents the following year, because that could give a player some extra motivation to have a better year this year something to keep in mind here when you're drafting guys who are going into the final year of their contract when it comes to the Bengals, we are highlighting tyler boyd yeah i felt like in terms of
1: the wide receivers they all kind of go around the same range but he kind of gets overlooked because higgins and jamar chase come in with all the hype but i wanted to give some love to tyler boyd because he's really consistent If we all can agree that the Bengals' O-line is not terrific, which is I think is a fair point, Joe Burrow is not going to be as mobile for the first few weeks coming off a bad injury. An outlet for the Bengals would be Tyler Boyd right in the slot, who's been one of the most efficient slot wide receivers in the NFL. So he definitely deserves some love.
0: Yes. And then the Steelers' wide receivers have been going pretty late too. A lot later than I honestly thought that I'd be able to get away with getting a guy like Chase Claypool. I wasn't expecting to get him that late in rounds, but we did highlight both Chase Claypool and also one of their tight ends here. Can you explain why you think that these guys are going so late?
1: I think people are just around the industry. They've been pumping and people are getting back into it now fantasy, how bad that the Steelers offensive line is. But while we started down on the Steelers, I'm not too sure. It's it's one of those teams where you could be wrong or you could be right about. I want to see how this plays out. I'm starting to think that the Steelers are going to not be great, but they'll be a little bit better than people expect. Chase Claypool is a monster. He scored 11 touchdowns in a part-time role last year. And I think he has the most upside out of all the Steelers wide receivers. I'm not really interested in Juju because Najee Harris will get those short catches And Deontay Johnson's the the best wide receiver on the team by far, route running and and whatnot. But if you're trying to swing for the fence, I would take Chase Claypool because that's just my style of drafting. Everyone is different. But once I get my roster of starters set, I want to hit a home run after that because let's be realistic. People think that their teams are great after the draft, but most of those guys aren't even going to be on your team in three to four weeks with injuries and bye weeks So your bench should – be mostly guys that you're going to swing for the fence for
0: yes I think that Chase Claypool also is a little bit more of a volatile receiver at least that's what we've seen throughout his last season so he's not. I feel like Deontay Johnson is a little bit more of a dependable receiver especially in PPR leagues whereas Chase Claypool is or has been so far kind of a boom or bust kind of guy. So we'll see if that changes with his role this year, but I think that's why maybe people have been drafting him a little bit late because he's not, again, that dependable wide receiver. And we yeah. also highlighted uh, their tight end here, Pat Frymerth. I'm not sure if <laughs> yeah. I'm pronouncing his name correct here, right but right how do we feel about him? No,
1: he was solid in the preseason. In his debut, he had two touchdowns with Big Ben, so he ran with the starters there. Second-round pick. I thought that they should have went offensive line in that pick, but I'm not the GM. He's very good. He could uh, surpass Eric Ebron for more of a full-time role, and they have a lot of weapons there, but he's huge. He caught over 80% of his red zone targets in Penn State, so he's a local kid. And I think going back to what you just said also was a great point, but – It's more specific for your team. Like Tyler Boyd is the Deontay Johnson of the Bengals. And Chase Claypool is someone like a Chase or a Higgins, a a deep field threat. So I wanted to highlight different type of guys because you're going to have different situations. Every roster is going to be built. Do I need a safe guy here? Do I need a a long shot guy? So that's kind of my thought process there. But going back to Frymuth, he's just really a a deeper name to know if you're in a bye week crunch or you play in like a 14-man league.
0: Uh, 14 man leagues Uh, that is rough and I found myself drafting for two of those this year
1: so we did the AFC South what would who would you say right now is there anyone that you think is going to win the division or any value on that and the North as well and I'll just give my prediction I know we haven't uh, spent too much time into it because we're running out of time but what do you think about those divisions
0: um, When it comes to the AFC South, I think it's a hot mess. I think that the Colts Same. were pretty high initially to take away that division. But with the way that training camp unfolded, I have to lean towards the Titans here. I know that they have a terrible secondary and terrible overall defense here. But I just lean towards the Titans because I know what they have on offense. And I feel like that's going to kind of pull them through their division here and I just there's nothing for me to like on the Jaguars and there's nothing for me to even remotely talk about when it comes to the Texans here so it would be between the Colts and the Titans but I'd have to lean towards the Titans here for division winners how do you feel
1: yeah I feel the same exact way I I came into the season wanting to not like the Titans I thought maybe the Jags had a shot and then all the things happened with the Colts I think it's Titans or pass, maybe wait and see if the Colts could get over their schedule and then get them at good odds. But there's really, unless the Titans get hurt, there's no way, even with their um, lack of defense, where they don't win the division to me.
0: Yes, I agree. And when it comes to the AFC North, I think it's a little bit trickier. Definitely don't think that it's the Bengals. I want to say that it's not going to be the Steelers here. But then I think it's a little bit of a toss-up here between the Ravens and the Browns. It depends on how much the injuries that the Ravens have right now kind of hold them back. They might have a little bit of a slow start to the year, but maybe they pick things up here for the middle to later part of the season. They're able to take away the division. I think the Browns are great. Uh, It's just do they really run away with the division or do they kind of sneak off into the playoffs again? That's where – I have a little bit of a disconnect there is wondering which way it is.
1: No, I 100% agree with you. Vegas has done a good job with that. That week one game for the Ravens screams trap game on Monday night football in Vegas too. With all those injuries that you uh, spoke about. For me, I think it's the Browns. I think they kind of remind me of The way that people viewed Buffalo last year, where you look at the roster and Josh Allen, you're like, I don't know with Baker Mayfield, if they could actually do it, it's the Bills. And then they went out and they won the division. Harbaugh's a great coach, but they need to get healthy and in a hurry because that's a really rough division. Even the Bengals being the worst team in the division, it's only because of the offensive line and Zach Taylor. The Steelers will be around 500 or so. They're still a tough team. But I agree with you. I think that the Browns have really good
0: Super Bowl odds and
1: may have thrown something at that this past
0: weekend. <laughs> yes. Now's the time, honestly, before the season starts because if the Browns come out firing, you're not going to get good value there uh, when it comes to picking them as potentially yeah. Super Bowl winners.
1: So, Especially versus the Chiefs week one. If they beat them, then your toes would value. Yes.
0: Yes. All right. Now that we've wrapped it up there officially, let's move to the NFC. I figured we'd start off in the NFC North. There's not much here, but when it comes to the Packers, you could handcuff the running back situation here because a guy like Jamal Williams did have value in drafts in previous seasons, but now he's out there anymore, and we have A.J. Dillon, and we saw a little bit of A.J. Dillon last season – When Aaron Jones was not playing and he was good, but that is a little bit scary for me as an Aaron Jones owner here. How do you feel about AJ Dillon and the role that he could have within the Packers?
1: Yeah, I love AJ Dillon's draft value this year. And when I addressed it and gave that out to a lot of people, subs, and just people asking me my draft strategy in general, and I say, AJ Dillon, they're like, why? Jamal. Uh, Williams last year had at least 10 carries a game. He was in the goal line role and he caught a lot of passes while AJ Dillon, isn't going to do that. The fact that you're on a green Bay Packers team, which you just said, there's not much here. The division's not that great. Aaron Rodgers farewell tour. He has league winning upside. If God forbid, Aaron Jones gets injured. It's yet to be determined how the carries are going to be distributed. But if he has that goal line role on the Packers who are going to score a ton of points, he's not just a handcuff to me. He has flex standalone value. But the upside in the event that Aaron Jones gets hurt to be an RB2 or an RB1, he won't ever catch you a lot of passes. He's like a Derrick Henry clone. But just being around a solid offense, that's what you need. It's the reason why you draft Packers and not Texans.
0: Yes. And then let's go over to... The Bears, Justin Fields, your second favorite rookie quarterback. No,
1: he's in a good spot. It'll be interesting to see what happens this Sunday night against the Rams. Um, Next week, they play against the Bengals, and after that, they play against the Browns. So I I would anticipate him probably starting within the next couple of weeks. Justin Fields is great. We all know that. Um, Andy Dalton is not great, (laughs) and he... He's just great at fantasy because while I was a little nervous entering the season due to his O-line, it doesn't really matter. You just got to play your best players. And in college, he had more rushing attempts and more rushing yards than Kyla Murray, who was on pace last season to breaking records for fantasy football due to his rushing upside. Justin Fields could really elevate the whole entire bears offense that's why i put a lot of bears in the article for sleepers i didn't expect that but they just kind of have really good uh value it's hard i know you were in a draft the other day you drafted Allen robinson and you we're kind of disappointed about mm-hmm. it but but justin fields could would be the best quarterback by far that Allen robinson's ever had he was playing with like blake bortles and whatnot and still posting good numbers so there he could be a sleeper pick himself Allen robinson
0: is there anyone else from the Bears that you find value in drafting because of Justin Fields potentially elevating these guys?
1: I mean, I'll just throw out a few names. I know we're pressed for time, but Darnell Mooney is interesting given his price point because he's a deep field threat. I wanted to go nuts on that guy last year in DFS. He was so close with Nick Foles a few times in Trubisky downfield. Cole Komet's an interesting sophomore tight end. Uh, we know Justin Fields especially likes throwing to the tight end and i think damian williams is interesting too as a backup for montgomery he has had success with offensive coordinator at the time matt nagy who was the kansas city chiefs now he's the head coach of the bears they almost won the super bowl he was almost the mvp that year that the chiefs beat the san francisco 49ers in the super bowl but they gave it to mahomes so now he's the backup in chicago He goes very late in drafts. He could outright beat Montgomery for the job, and you get him pretty late.
0: Yeah, those are all guys to definitely remember. Now, when we go to the Vikings, I feel like it gets a little bit harder here because I feel like their entire offense kind of goes through just a few guys. But have you been able to find anyone here that we may kind of escape with late?
1: Yeah, the thing with the Vikings is, and I actually got into an argument with someone the other day about this player, because I think that the team's defense is slightly improved. And I think they want to lean on the run. I think her cousins, in a sense, is a sleeper. He's not someone that I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to build their drafts around. But they have a really easy schedule. And if by chance the defense isn't better and they get in shootouts his first few games if you're looking for that bridge quarterback to get to lancer fields or bengals cardinals seattle uh, browns lions and panthers so while we don't really project kirk cousins as someone that's going to be throwing it 50 times he does offer some value And to your point, why it's hard to find value on this team in terms of sleepers is it's a very concentrated offense. After the Irv Smith injury, they really don't have anyone else besides Thielen or Jefferson unless you know Herndon steps up. They don't really have a third wide receiver. So I just feel like in reality, this team's going to play defense and try to lean on Dalvin Cook a lot. That's where my argument with someone got into. But I think Cousins, he's not a bad backup or someone to stream. He's within that quarterback 12 through 18. He'll he'll have some good weeks for you.
0: Yes, I think that Kirk Cousins is someone who isn't an obvious choice, but you can't ignore some of the receivers that he has and the talent that he has there when it comes to passing the ball. So Definitely someone to keep in the back of your mind if your number one quarterback does not fall to you. Or your number one choice, I should say, quarterback doesn't fall to you. Ooh, the Lions. So I gross. don't even know. It's like the Texans for me. The Lions. Anyone you got here?
1: You have Amon St. Brown. Some people said Tyron Williams. Probably would have been a better choice because he has experience in the Chargers system. I went with St. Brown because I thought if I played in a full point PPR league and I needed some wide receiver help, we know Jared Goff loves to throw to slot wide receivers. Just look up Cooper Cup, Robert Woods over the years. And he's been doing pretty decently in the preseason. So I thought that he was someone to throw out there and mention. He's going to start. The Lions have a bunch of available targets, red zone targets. They lost a bunch of wide receivers last year. Danny Amendola, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. It's always someone to keep your eyes out on.
0: Yes, and I thought it was funny that Danny Amendola is now with the Texans. appropriate to go from (laughs) one dumpster fire to
1: the other. You're like 30 years old and above. You're going to the Texans. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yes, and when it comes to the NFC North, I feel like there's really no value for division winners here because it's the Green Bay Packers or nothing. I mean, do you really think that the Vikings could beat the Packers twice and run away with it? I mean, I don't know.
1: It's really difficult. It's like a two-way race, I would say. It's possible, but... They're the most bet-on team in Vegas in terms of win totals have gone up because a lot of people... It was only a month ago. I know it seems like forever, but it was only a month ago. We didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to come back or not. So a lot of people were pounding the Vikings. I don't believe in the Bears. They have a really difficult schedule. I don't think that the Lions are very good. They may surprise people and get a win here or there. may even cover this Sunday. But... (laughs) I don't believe that anyone could be Green Bay in Aaron Rodgers' farewell tour. It's just not going to happen unless they get injured. The problem in terms of fantasy for this division too is it's very top heavy. You guys are like Jefferson, Adams. It's very condensed with the top heavy guys. Aaron Jones, if that if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But but in terms of you know maybe Aaron Rodgers for MVP, I don't really see anybody beating the Packers here.
0: All right, to one of the trickier divisions here, the NFC West, where there's a lot going on here. We'll start it off with the 49ers, your favorite, favorite, favorite guy. You have him on a T-shirt, Trey Lance.
1: Yeah, no, that's my Break it down. (laughs) For people that play in more shallow leagues, this might not make any sense. I know you're probably only going to draft one quarterback, but the way that I like to build my drafts is taking a bridge quarterback and pairing him with trey lance the reason behind that is his schedule is so so easy the guy's going to get the jaguars and the Bengals, the titans the texans and the falcons all in the playoffs you've never seen a quarterback like this before if i was to tell you hey jess this is chris from the future i'm i think i'm going to give you a quarterback with potential to be in fantasy wise mahomes or josh allen but you might have to wait four to six weeks. Because they're suspended or injured. Would you do that? Yes, you would. They have so many weapons and defensive coordinators are going to have nightmares with this guy. He's got a rocket arm. He's super fast. The RPOs are going to be unstoppable. It just goes along together with my other two guys, Mostert and Sermon. They're not going to be able to cover all these people defenses. Plus, they have a fourth place schedule, which is just fantasy gold. He's just uh, the key to me for winning leagues this year. I could be wrong, but I'm not willing to give it a shot.
0: Yes, and you mentioned Trey Sermon and Raheem Nostert. It's always hard to, I think, pick out the guy who's going to be the guy here for the 49ers when it comes to their running backs, but maybe it's one of these two.
1: Definitely. I think, for me, I play in multiple leagues, so this is for you as the listener. If you play in one league it's a lot more difficult. I take different shots on both of them because I believe in the system. Raheem Mostert is 29 years old, but he hasn't had a lot of carries because he went to San Francisco. It was his 15. He was a journeyman. Uh, Trey Sermon, highly recruited. They traded up in the draft to get him from Ohio State. Kids electric, rookie. So he could take over the backfield. Shanahan in his past has not really had a running back just dominate all the carries since Carlos Hyde in 2017 or 18. I forgot the year, but aside from that, it's been a committee. I have some teams with both of them on the same team where I'll start one at RB two and one at flex. I make sure to leave every single draft with at least one of these guys, just simply for the fact of how easy their schedule is and how I believe in the Shanahan uh, system. You see it every year. Guys like Jeff Wilson, who is Jeff Wilson? That sounds like a, an accountant. No, this is an NFL <laughs> player. And he did great. He, he got over 100 yards in a game and he dominated. You just throw anyone back there. And since the late 90s, when his father invented the Shanahan's own blocking scheme, they would get guys off the street and they would dominate. So that's why I would highly suggest drafting one of these two guys, even if you have to reach a little bit and people in your league are like, oh, that was a whack pick. Who cares? They're idiots. They're going to lose anyway. Like, So draft whoever you want.
0: Yes, and when it comes to the Rams, we already talked a little bit about this, but Sonny Michelle is a good option here because it's just him and Daryl Henderson, and there is not much left beyond that. So I think it's a good option for someone who has hands and can catch the ball.
1: Yeah, definitely. As far as the Rams running back situation goes, it's kind of weird because we saw Akers go down. Then Henderson was kind of the old James Robinson-type draft pick or Gus Edwards, you know what I mean, where they rose and then he fell because of his injury. I feel that he's still a good pick, and we don't know how the is going to go. We kind of get the feeling that they may not believe Sean McVay. He may not believe in Darrell Henderson because they spent the draft pick on Cam Akers. Then after that, they go out. After he gets an injury in the preseason this year, he's probably like enough of this guy. You can make the case for that. And they get Sonny Michael. And if he has that goal line role after giving up several draft picks for him, you're looking at a team that a lot of people are betting heavy money on to win the Super Bowl, starting running back. and Yeah, his knees are not great, but who knows? Maybe uh, getting a shot in L.A. with Stafford and Cup and Woods and all those guys will put him in great situations to score touchdowns. I think he's undervalued in drafts right now.
0: Yes, and I've gotten him in a couple of my leagues, so I am high on him. When it comes to the Seahawks, not much here, but we highlighted a couple of their pass catchers. What are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking that Gerald Everett is a great fantasy pick for a backup tight end if you play in a deeper league or even a starter, a low-end starter. I think he'll end up being a top 12 tight end. And the reason I say that is, while in limited fashion with the Rams last year, the new offensive coordinator for the Seahawks is from the Rams system. So he comes over to Seattle knowing the system already. Russ last season really didn't have anyone aside from D.K. Metcalf after Lockett got hurt. Now he has a middle-of-the-field target, big red zone target. And we know that Russ, when given the ability to cook, is going to move the ball with his legs. Chris Carson... There's just a lot to like about this offense. It's kind of slept on, I feel. But Gerald Everett could produce for you very late as a starting tight end this year.
0: Yes. Anyone else from the Seahawks here?
1: Just a quick sentence. I would say uh, Dwayne Eskridge was a second-round pick. And the funny thing about him is he's the second-highest offensive draft pick ever in the P. Carroll era. He's super fast. <laughs> he runs like a 4-4. And he, while he was slowed down with injuries in camp, when he did make his debut he was he had a really big long catch uh with Russ Wilson and they've been working on their chemistry in camp i think he's someone that if you play in a very deep league you could take in the last round, or just someone to monitor on waivers as he gets health um, on his side as the wide receiver 3 role he's just going to walk into as a rookie and he's a deep threat he'll no one's going to cover him if they have Everett Lock in and DK Metcalf that's why i wanted to highlight him just as like a name to know
0: Sure. No, that does make a lot of sense. And anyone from the Cardinals that you like?
1: From the Cardinals, I put Rondell Moore only because someone has to step up as the second wide receiver on this team. I'm not so sure about A.J. Green. He's older, and he didn't get a lot of catches last year from Joe Burrow. I like Christian Kirk, but it's just not working there. I feel like Rondell Moore is someone to keep your eye on Reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler. He's just very stocky, small, but he has just a knack for the red zone and touchdowns. He had 17 touchdowns his freshman year at Purdue. He was slowed down by injuries if in, in COVID last year. So if it wasn't for that, he probably would have been a first-round pick. This is an electric offense, and like we said, someone for DFS to know – everybody's going to take Hopkins but Rondell Moore could be a sneaky guy in a shootout game week one versus the Titans and then you might not be able to get him week two on your waiver wire.
0: absolutely I agree with that and I think that that's a really good point here especially for week one also I'm not sure if you're hearing Timmy here in the background but Timmy's my kitty cat and he's being a little bit vocal this morning
1: no he's good Um, I don't hear anything what up Tim
0: yeah, he's uh, rolling around on his back right now. <laughs> I, think um, sign,
1: I think that's a sign to take Rondell Moore. Timmy, Timmy likes Rondell Moore.
0: <laughs> maybe. Anyone from the NFC West that you see value on here for taking as a division winner?
1: In terms of value, I, I think based upon their schedule, I would say Seattle has the most value. And I know their defense is not great, but... They have a lot of rest advantages where they play certain teams. So in other words, everyone's going to play the same teams for the most part, but it's when you play them. So, you know, the Rams play Seattle with only four days rest. So that's an advantage for Seattle. I just found a lot of um, different things, quirks throughout the schedule when I was looking at them. My favorite overall pick would be the 49ers to win the division. Obviously, I've gone about this all summer. But uh, that's just for me. But I would say I, I don't know if any of these teams are going to go as far as you would want them to go because they're going to kind of beat up on each other all year. It's a really hard division. The, even the Cardinals by far are the best team that you could project coming in last place or even Seattle or even the Rams for that matter or San Francisco. Any of them could go from first to fourth. What, what do you think? I'm confused. What, what do you like about this division?
0: I feel the same exact way. And for that reason, I think I'm going to stay away from the division. I know there's a lot of value if you really believe in one of these teams. But I just, I could see it going either way. And there's no one team that I'm like, yes, they have everything and they're going to take it. So for me, it's a pass. Sounds good. All right. To the last division that we have to cover here, which is the NFC South. We'll start off with the Panthers. What do you like about the Panthers? I think that
1: the Panthers could be a sneaky team this season. They have a really easy schedule. They start off with the Jets, the Saints, the Texans, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants, Atlanta Falcons. Stop me if you think any of those teams are going to really slow them down. I know it's hard to get behind Sam Donald, but as a last-round pick, your backup quarterback, give it a shot. If he doesn't work out after week one against the Jets, then just drop him and pick somebody else up because someone's going to pop off after week one. That's how I feel about it. They have tons of talented wide receivers. You're tied to Christian McCaffrey. I just think it's a no-brainer. If you're looking for depth at quarterback, like like we spoke about Cousins, I'd rather have Donald for fantasy than Cousins. I, I know that doesn't make any sense probably in reality, but to me I'd rather have him on my roster given that schedule. What do you What do you think about that?
0: I would agree. And I feel like for that reason, it also makes sense to, you know, have one of their wide receivers like a Robbie Anderson or a Terrence Mitchell.
1: Yeah. I I think that those guys have really great value this year. DJ Moore kind of goes early for me. I haven't been getting him that much because he, he kind of goes in a territory with other guys that I would be more interested in Robbie Anderson. Like you pointed out, that was a really good call. He has the chemistry with Darnold dating back to his New York jet days and we know about uh, Terrence Marshall. He played at LSU with Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator now of the Panthers. And we know that Sam Darnold, dating back to his USC and New York Jet days, loves throwing to the slot wide receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster, Jamison Crowder, Braxton Barrios. I know it sounds gross, and hopefully you didn't turn off the podcast yet. But mm-hmm. yes, I'm recommending Sam Darnold as a backup quarterback. That's where we are right now. Digging in the weeds for sleeper value.
0: No, it all makes sense, everything that you said. And, you know, you might have some value early on. Just based on that schedule, I think it makes all the sense in the world. When it comes to the Falcons, we have a couple guys highlighted here, both Wayne Gallman and Kyle Pitts. How do you feel about these two guys?
1: Yeah, I'll start with Wayne Gallman, and then I'll speak on Kyle Pitts. Wayne Gallman is someone that you could probably get towards the latter half of your drafts right now if they're still going on. I feel like Gallman was impressive last year as a giant. It really surprised me. I didn't think he was going to be that good, but it turned out to be really good for the Giants in terms of fantasy. He was decent on the San Francisco 49ers, probably a little bit because of the Shanahan scheme. Uh just gonna drop that in there again. But um, as far as Mike Davis goes, he's never fully stayed healthy. That's why he couldn't last as a starting running back in his two previous destinations. And He's younger if you play in a keeper league than Mike Davis uh, in reference to Goleman. So he could end up taking the job. We know Arthur Smith of the Falcons likes to run the ball. Not saying these guys are Derek Henry, but this is an explosive offense with a bad defense. And if he if Mike Davis goes down, there's nobody else on the depth chart besides Cordero Patterson at running back. But he's a wide receiver and a kick returner. So why not take a shot on him in the last round if you need running back help?
0: Yes, I agree. And someone who we're really high on is Kyle Pitts. I got him in two of my three fantasy leagues, so I really hope that he doesn't disappoint. But no, what do you think here?
1: A winning girl. Um, As far as <laughs> Kyle Pitts goes, if he was listed as a wide receiver and not a tight end, people wouldn't scoff at it. A lot of people are going to criticize you when you draft Kyle Pitts. Oh, rookie tight ends never you know, pop off. They they don't do well historically. Well, this guy's about to rewrite history. This is a new time in a new era of football. This guy's really not even a tight end. He lines up in the slot a lot. I just rapped. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Julio Jones, he left the team last season, in the offseason rather, and they have no deep field threats on this team besides Calvin Ridley. So I think Kyle Pitts is just a mismatch, disaster. He's someone I've been targeting and making sure that I get in all of my leagues. If I can't get you know, a Waller or a Kelsey or a Kittle, I don't want to leave with a tight end after that point. And it's someone to build your draft upon. So to me, Kyle Pitts is just going to be involved in a ton of shootouts. Yes, we're going to have to trust Matt Ryan, but it doesn't matter to me. I, I think that he's going to have a great year. And I think the narrative is going to be changed upon rookie tight ends after this season.
0: We'll see if he can be the one to rewrite history here. And speaking of history, the Saints and everything that we have going on here, we talked a lot about it, about it last week on our podcast when we talked about, you know, the fact that they're not going to be playing at home, the fact that it's a transition year and all these things going on. But there is someone that you can grab here as kind of, someone to play that bridge wide receiver role if you will because of Michael Thomas being out and we highlighted Marquez Callaway here can you go in a little bit more in depth on why you think he is a good sleeper it's just about value really I, I can't lie to you and say I know
1: a ton about this guy I've seen him in the preseason anyone that's watched the Saints preseason knows he's popped off the screen we know Jameis Winston has a big arm and There's volume to go around. We thought maybe it was going to come down to him versus Traquan. Regardless, if you like Traquan better, this guy won the job. So I keep seeing him rise up in drafts. I think if you had a draft today or tomorrow, you're probably gonna have to get him in like the 10th round. But that's fine as like a wide receiver four. He still will be the wide receiver one on the Saints. And then another name I'll just throw out there is Tony Jones Jr., since I wrote this article. Latavius Murray got cut. So now he's locked into the number two role on the Saints. So just on the fly thought about the Saints.
0: Awesome. And we'll wrap it up with our former Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hard to find value here because everyone is so good, but their running back room is a little tricky here. And so we highlighted Leonard Fournette as a guy that you can get late, and I feel like all the running backs are kind of going in the same range, but pretty late between Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and now Giovanni Bernard. How do you feel about Fournette here?
1: Truth be told, I wish that the answer to this was Gio Bernard, but we have to wait and see down to the wire up until tomorrow. Because <laughs> we have a lot invested in Gio Bernard and best balls and whatnot and other leagues. But he had a mid to high ankle sprain, and he was hurt last week. They said that he's going to give it a go in full, but we'll just have to wait and see. If he does miss time and the high ankle sprain usually takes about four to six weeks to recover from, then that just opens up a lot for Leonard Fournette because Ronald Jones can't catch. If Fournette's getting you know, the passing down work like he did in the playoffs, then he'll be back to playoff Lenny. So this was a difficult team to write about because AB is kind of a sleeper as well just because of where he goes in the drafts and it's still Antonio Brown. I could have went in a few different directions, but I wanted to highlight the running back field. I don't know. Like you said, it's very difficult to figure this this whole team out in terms of sleepers because they're just so talented. Tom Brady might shred the Cowboys on Thursday. What do you think about that game? How are you feeling about kickoff one day away?
0: Uh, I don't know what to think. I can see this game going two ways. I can see it being a slow start for the Buccaneers maybe and – that makes it a low scoring first half and maybe it blows up in the second half but i can also see this just being an absolute domination by the buccaneers and the cowboys are barely able to put up points maybe that gets injured worst case scenario i just there's so many different possibilities here and i think it's a really tough game to try to dissect
1: i agree 100 and i would say my advice to everyone is i know it's the first game, and you want to go nuts. We have a very long week and long Sunday ahead of us. I would say I think the Bucs do win the game. I agree with you. I do think that the first half goes under. I think the game goes under in general. Um, I don't think it's going to be the explosive game that everyone thinks. It's going to be a little jitters. There's a few injuries to monitor on like the Cowboys' offensive side of the ball on the O-line. Zach Martin's a huge injury. Everyone's going to want a single game prop eh, with all the touchdowns. This out of all the games this week is one of the hardest to dissect. I know that sounds like a cop-out answer from us, but just wait. Like you could go heavier on Sunday. There's definitely value, bet for value. If, if, if you want to bet for entertainment and you don't care if you win or lose, you just want to do it for fun. Hey, knock yourself out. I'll be playing a bunch of different DFS lineups. It doesn't matter to me if, you know, I'm going to try to make the most fun out of it. But in terms of matchups, CD Lamb probably has the best matchup on the Cowboys as far as the bucks go, in terms of like DFS matchups, I would say if Gio's healthy, that's a good matchup because he'll have low ownership. Coming into the game, I can't really decide on um, between Godwin or AB or Evans, which wide receiver I like the best. Which way would you go for touchdown prop? What would you say is your favorite coming into the game?
0: You have to go Mike Evans here. Godwin's a little banged up. I mean, you can go Brown if you want the value there, but – I feel like Evans is the most obvious one, and, and he's he's priced in that way, you know?
1: Yeah, that's what makes it so difficult, because I can envision a scenario where Evans blows up. He scores two touchdowns. I could see AB doing the same thing in prime time. As more information comes, uh, me and Jess will be dropping it on the optimal take, and that's yeah. pretty much it. I'm excited for this week, so...
0: Yeah, so am I, everyone. Have a wonderful Wednesday and keep in mind just one more day until the start of the regular 2021 NFL season.
1: Yes, I can't wait to dissect these matchups. No more drafts. That's it. Make us wake up. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Peace.